A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. At the age of 20, Huia Welton got married. But there were a few things about this wedding that did make it a little different. It was the year 2000, and Huia was a student at Massey University in Palmerston North. She was active in student politics, keen to have her say about the things that mattered, and she wanted to make a difference. So to do that, Huia got hitched, but not to the person she loved. I came out when I was 16, so I'd been out as a lesbian for four years, and um, the issue of not being able to, to marry the person that I loved was, was a really big deal to me. Um, and very much sort of struck that chord of inequality and wanting wanting a change, wanting New Zealand to be a much fairer place. But she also got married to highlight what she saw as a connected issue, namely parental means testing on eligibility for student allowances, and a bizarre loophole that meant if you got married, you got money. A little backstory here. Since the late 1980s, changes had been taking place in tertiary education funding and student allowance eligibility. Under the 1989 Education Act, the fourth Labour government introduced a standard tertiary fee of 10% of course costs, around about $1,200, and swapped out the old grant scheme for the flasher-sounding student allowances. When the National Party took the Treasury benches in late 1990, they reduced university funding and abolished the standard fee, Universities now had to charge students more to make up the shortfall. National's then Education Minister, Dr Lockwood Smith, also introduced means testing on allowances for students under 25 years of age. It meant that if your folks had a combined income of $27,872 or above, your allowance was reduced. If they made more than 50000 you got no allowance at all. If students didn't want to starve or couldn't get enough work to live off, they could borrow their living costs through the new student loan scheme. You could also use these loans to pay off your now increased uni fees. This was all interest-bearing back then, of course. So if you're under 25 and your parents made more than 50k but couldn't afford to pay you an allowance, your only real option was to take out a loan. Or get married. If you were um, deemed to be financially independent from your parents, then you were entitled to an allowance. And one of the criteria that deemed you to be financially independent was that you were you were married. It seemed so crazy to me that um, just having a piece of paper, being married to someone, then gave you um, the ability to tick that box to be considered financially independent. And it seemed so ridiculous that you could marry someone that you didn't even know and that I couldn't marry someone that I loved. Um, so these, these, sort of, these things all kind of intersected at once. So students across the country did it. They got married. I know because I was one of them. Some were in real relationships and planning on getting married anyway. Some were friends looking to help each other out. That was my deal. And some married virtual strangers with nothing in common but a desire to avoid a mountain of debt. Most got married on the QT, while some did it very publicly to demonstrate their opposition. One couple even did it on TV. I don't remember exactly, but it was not long after 
there'd been that Shortland Street wedding. I got married in 1994. Shortland Street's infamous student allowance marriage storyline screened a year later. But all anyone ever says to me now when I tell them that I got a student allowance marriage is, you mean like Nick and Rachel on Shortland Street? Nowadays, Maxine Fleming produces our longest-running TV soap, but in 1995, she was the storyliner who came up with the idea. She never guessed it would be so memorable, though. I don't know. I think it was the combination of the fact that it was really socially relevant, as, as often, you know, shorty street stories can be, um, you know, and was reflecting what was going on at that time, you know, at, in universities and the changes that were happening. But it was also, I just think, that the, the ridiculous combination of the unlikely coupling of Rachel McKenna and Nick Harrison, you know, who, who you couldn't pick two more unlikely people, to, characters to get married, really. Angela Bloomfield was university student Rachel McKenna, while her best mate Nick Harrison was played by Carl Burnett. We were both freaking about kissing each other as well. Yeah, um, I you were. We were really good friends and we'd become like brother and sister on set and yeah. we were both, we'd, we're talking about it and kind of laughing about it, but we are both freaking out about it and then it turns out to just be a little peck and yes. it was like, yes. oh, there's nothing. That's right. On the storylining table... I guess we, many of us were the product of, you know, we all had free, we, we were, you know, 70, you know, well, 80, 80, 70s, 80s, you know, baby boomer kids, you know, who had it all, really. So mm-hmm. we were seeing that, that you, know, you know, this whole free market thing that was going on, Rogenomics and stuff, and we were kind of alarmed by what, what we could see was, you know, going on, and it, it seemed outrageous to us, you know, and unfair. So, you know, you know, and you could see where it was going to go, too. And, and of course, it has gone exactly to that place where now these, you know, my kids, for example, you know, went through uni and have $30,000, $40,000, you know, loans to pay off now. So I guess we were, as writers, um, you know, um, making our own kind of protest through that story. Getting married was all Rachel's idea so she could get ahead in student politics. Nick said yes to get more money. Nick was always bumbling around trying to coming up with stupid ideas to to make money. Just and, and he was a lot like me in that regard. What was the public response? Do you remember, uh, Carl? You probably bore the the direct public <laughs> response just in your ordinary life. What do you remember happening? Yeah, I don't remember ever getting anyone saying anything about it really, other than stupid idiot blokey guys going, oh, you got to marry Rachel, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and from the girls, it was, what's Martin Henderson like? So, you know, I'm standing right there. I, I definitely remember that story, um, you know, getting a good response from people, like people we were talking about. It was a water cooler kind of story, you know. Did you see Shortlands? It was one of those. Life imitated art imitating me. Carl Burnett had a friend who really did get married for an allowance. I asked questions. I was, I was like, "Well, why?" <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was explained to me. I went, "Oh, fair enough. I don't really care." But I do remember thinking that if anyone was to do that sort of thing, surely it would be a bit risky, and you, wouldn't you get caught? Common mistake: student allowance marriages were not illegal. In fact, they were completely cut by. Just ask law professor Mark Hennigan. The Marriage Act is our oldest piece of legislation, along with the Adoption Act. 1955, it's a very simple and very short act. You could 
you could you could read it in about uh, two minutes. And all that's required for marriage is that uh, you, you you consent to it and that you utter the appropriate words of I take you uh, to be my wife and I take you to be my husband. And there's not much more to it. It's a very simple piece of legislation. As it stands, the students who got married in the 1990s and the early 2000s for the purposes of becoming financially independent from their parents and thus qualifying for a student allowance yep. were behaving completely lawfully. Absolutely, 100% lawfully. Because there's no fraud of any kind involved here, is there? Everyone's very clear about why they're getting married. No, the state has never inquired as to why people get married. It's basically, as long as they fulfil the requirements, they've got the appropriate status. If they're not married and and they're consenting fully, then the motive or the reason for marriage is not not questioned. It's just that they understand they're getting married. Why they're getting married doesn't matter if they're getting married so they can get a a benefit. That's absolutely fine. The state's never looked into why people are getting married. So I don't know how many people did go ahead with it. I mean, we had a case here in Dunedin that went to the family court, um, which was a very interesting case um, involving two students who married outside the, on the union uh, grass there, and, and they wanted to get married for the higher rate of the of the student allowance. Um, they never lived together, um, and, um, and in fact, the woman didn't even claim, I don't think either of them claimed the student allowance. The woman regretted it and said, oh God, I wish I hadn't done this now. They never lived together anyway. She applied to the court saying, my marriage is void. I, 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 I want it to be wiped out because you know, I, I regret what I did. Um, but the judge, who was a very experienced family court judge, Judge Oak Blakey, and a wonderful judge, uh, said that um, she did understand the nature of marriage. She knew what she was doing, that she was getting married, uh, and, and, and therefore um, the fact of her motive, and she regretted it, uh, was totally irrelevant. So the application was dismissed, so the marriage was held to be perfectly legal valid, as, he, as the judge said. Uh, the state does not look into why people get married, and the motive uh, is irrelevant. Like education, marriage in this country had also been changing. No-fault divorce was the law. The rights of de facto and eventually same-sex relationships began to be recognised, and marriage changed from being at the centre of society to just another option, and one that fewer people took up. So Huey Welton's marriage of convenience, or mine or Nick and Rachel's, were maybe not as odd as all that. I mean, I know of a number of people who did what I did to get a student allowance. Just most people were... um, They did it very quietly, but... That didn't kind of fulfil my objectives of wanting to, to, you know, really draw attention to the issues of marriage equality in particular. I don't know when you're when you're 20 and things are so black and white in terms of your convictions. There was no question that it was the that it could be anything other than the right thing to do. Hui is intended needed the money too, and held similar convictions to her. She thinks. Um, I didn't know him very well. He was a friend of a friend who just responded to um, an ad that we ran in student media. We were pretty desperate, to be honest, because the, uh, the the sort of behind-the-scenes thing, you know, we've been looking for someone who would agree to do this, and there weren't that many people who, there weren't that many guys who were up for <laughs> up for being involved in such a public event, really, because we were pretty clear right from the outset that we wanted to generate media attention, we wanted it to be a big deal, uh, we wanted to, to get um, that engagement with the wider public. Huia and her husband were married twice, once quietly and legally at a registry office, then loudly and publicly in a mock wedding on the Massey campus. I don't know, I had like a dozen bridesmaids. There was a band, a Palmerston North band called Cortina that were playing and it had a very festive feel to it and there were hundreds of students who kind of showed up to to watch this event take place and it was really fun. I I actually felt quite sad and I felt sad that it was so easy for me to marry 
this guy and that the that I couldn't marry the woman that I loved. It really it did it made me feel quite sad. It made me feel I guess vindicated that I felt like I was absolutely doing the right thing because it just seemed so unfair that it was so easy to go through this process of marrying someone that I didn't love, that I didn't really even know. I couldn't marry someone that I actually truly did love, and it just filled me with that sense of, yep, this is the right thing to do. The marriage loophole was quietly closed in the early 2000s. In his retirement speech to Parliament, Lockwood Smith said he regretted introducing means testing on allowances. In 2017, the new Labour government announced increases in payments to both living cost loans and student allowances, but made no changes to eligibility. Huia and her husband eventually amicably divorced, and so did my wife and I. I imagine most of us did. But it's impossible to know, just like it's impossible to know how many students took advantage of the marriage loophole. No one collects those kinds of stats. Marriage and divorce numbers didn't noticeably spike upwards during this period. Similarly, it would be tough to work out how much debt students avoided taking on. I can tell you that for me it was roughly $20,000, not counting interest of course, but I'm only one person. But one way of measuring might be to look at where we are now as a society. Some student politicians back then are now actual politicians in Parliament. Legislation is coming to make tertiary study cheaper and eventually free. The Civil Union Act was passed in 2004 and the Marriage Amendment Act in 2013. So maybe that intersection of issues that Huia Welton felt in 2000 has come to pass. So much change happened, which then meant, I believe, you know, that when marriage equality actually did happen, that it was such a non-event. There's been sort of that wider sort of social change of all politicians across the House and the lack of protest groups. Actually, the sky wasn't going to fall in. I mean, who knows how things come about and who makes them happen? Is it you or is it me? Is it you or is it me? This story was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and uses audio from South Pacific Pictures. Cheers for that. The engineers were Adrian Holley, Jeremy Ansell, and Blair Stagpole. Subscribe to Every Eyewitness Podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear these stories. If you like the story, you should listen to Are We There Yet? RNZ's podcast series about the pleasures, pratfalls, and practical lessons of parenting in the modern world. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Kakite anō. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.